in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the uncertain Glenn Stansberry. Why am I, uh, why am I uncertain? You just texted me, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember if we'd put a definite time on it. Yes. I, I couldn't. Am I thinking this time still? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking this time. Uh, it's been a long day, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're uncertain, Glenn, about a lot of things. That's true. I the am. future, the past, the past, the present, the podcast. It's all up in the air. It's everything's. It's all up in the air. That's a good play. Good way to put it. Uh, but you know what's not up in the air, Glenn, is a site called gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a very definite certainty. It has a distinctness to it, a distinction, a distinctness, a certainty to it. It's uh, rock solid, 100% ready to go. And uh, you can find out for yourself by visiting gentleman.com. There you'll find uh, lots of interesting information, uh, how-tos, how-not-tos, what to do, what not to do, things that will make you laugh, things that will make you cringe, things that will make you hurl, most likely. Um We'll we'll give you the range of emotions, and then we'll drop you back off at square one. Um, so visit uh, gentleman dot com. Seriously, do it just, right now. Just go. Yeah. And once you visit uh, gentleman dot com, the next step in your path to enlightenment is a site called podcast.gentleman.com dot com, where you can go check out some previous episodes that we've done. You can see some previous. You can read about some previous beers that we've rated. Uh, you can follow along with the links from this episode and listen to 114 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast in succession. Yeah, you want to do that in order. Uh, you can't actually just listen to one. Mm-hmm. We kind of trick it, and we put... <laughs> if you try to like go back to two episodes ago, we actually put all 113 episodes yeah. onto one audio track. It's a big download. Yeah. Uh, I hope you have 10 gigs on your drive <laughs> or your phone. Um, well, and we end every episode with a cliffhanger. Right. So there's no way you can Yeah, you have to start at right. zero and go all the way through. Um, it's like an episode of Lost. No spoilers. <laughs> you won't find any spoilers on this episode, though. Um, mm-hmm. So go out, check out gentleman.com, check out podcast.gentleman.com, and then once you've done that, I'm sure you're going to have questions hmm. about your life, about the world, about what it means to, to be alive at this moment in time. Uh, and you can you, it, it, the logical people for you to ask about this this existential crisis that you're having after you listen to all the 114 episodes of the pre- previous uh, gentleman podcast um, is us, me and Glenn, and we're here for you. You can get in touch with us and send us your questions about life, uh, about science, love, about love, about loss, science. <laughs> <laughs> We're learned men. Sports. Sports. <laughs> we'll tackle any subject. <laughs> Just uh, the, make the first step. Mm. Go uh, Write us a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter. We'll take it. We will read it. We will consider it. We will talk about it. Then we're going to pin it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know as the Wall of Fame. Uh, we will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast, and then we will uh, send you a little something back, most likely, mm-hmm. depending on the nature of the vibe of the thing mm-hmm. that you send to mm-hmm. us. But they need to make the first step, right? You know, it doesn't take much. No. Writing a letter, I think, is an important first step. And we're help not asking for a lot. Yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to give back tenfold if you... <laughs> It's uh, if you don't write us a letter, <clears throat> bad luck for seven mm-hmm. years. Seen the Godfather, <laughs> but if you do, you'll get good luck tenfold. So it's scientifically proven. Look, we have stories. 
of users that have mm. done this, and so we know. We know for a fact. We should cook up an infomercial. It's a good idea. <laughs> I'm thinking about just <coughs> sending letters to the in this regard to gentlemen members oh, that yeah. say, you know, respond to, like send this letter to ten other people. Chain letter, yeah. Uh, I. Oh no, I don't know what no. you mean. It, this oh. is just. This is something I came up with. It's oh. the idea is we send them a letter and we say. You're going to have seven years of bad luck if you don't send this to 30 of your friends immediately. Seems simple enough. And the idea would be they'd send it to 30 of their friends, and then those 30 people would send it to 30 of their friends. And then pretty soon, everybody in the United States, some people in Europe, will have gotten letters from us. the pond, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there's some semen out there that, that uh, you know, <laughs> take it across the pond. <laughs> Our neighbors yep. across the pond the over in Europe. Neighbors. Uh, anyway, Glenn. So get get right on that, <laughs> and I'll work on that uh, analogy. Uh, analogy. Um, anyway, Glenn, let, that means it's time for the uh, drink of the week this week. And uh, this week, Glenn, I this is something that I had. This is this was on my mind. Um, a couple months ago when I saw it for the first time but when I returned uh, I I did some recognizance and then I was like oh I'm going to come back when it's time to do the gentleman podcast I'm going to pick this up because this would be interesting to talk about Mm. and I returned and it wasn't there and then today I I was I went to the, the local liquor store and I was confronted by a wall of IPAs it was like uh looking in the freezer yeah. or in the fridge was uh it was it was 10 to 1 IPAs. Yeah, I believe it. And uh you know, we can do an IPA if we need to. If 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 it comes to it, we got to do we it. We will we'll we'll take that one. We'll take that one for the team, but uh we try to avoid it because we're not big hop heads. We're not, and you know what? There's not enough of those out there. We prefer more, you know, banana peel, coriander. <laughs> Citrus, maybe a, a floral goes. Yeah, yeah, some mm, kind of a hibiscus. flowerish kind of thing. Uh, no, but anyway, this is enough beating around the bush, Glenn. This is uh, Guinness's Irish wheat beer. Mm. Now, when I was in college, <laughs> when I was in college, uh, I was pretty into this beer called Boulevard Wheat. Yes, and I thought it was at the time. It seemed like it was craft beerish. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. something a little different than what you'd normally drink. Miller. I think I probably went through maybe a year in college where I just always drank Boulevard Wheat. Wow. <laughs> Which is, looking back on it now, it Ooh. seems so unfortunate because uh, <laughs> I don't... a long year. <laughs> I don't... Now when I have them, I don't like them too much. But I, I gotta tell you something about this beer. First of all, it's Guinness. So that mm-hmm. piques my interest a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the first beer to ever use 100% Irish wheat malt to make it um they had farmers in ireland uh commissioned to to make this wheat for for this beer um and so i was was kind of interested in it 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 says right on the bottle that the aroma is citrus and subtle clove with a hint of baked wheat bread refreshing taste and full-bodied with notes of (laughs) zesty citrus subtle subtle clove and banana you're making up with the banana. No, I'm, I'm being serious. Oh, you... That's okay. So, um... Wow. So, anyway... Um, banana wheat beer. It's a banana wheat. Banana bread. Banana banana bread wheat beer. Uh, so, uh, anyway, this is... This is from, you know, the legendary Guinness Company. So... Hey, it's not gonna be bad. It can't be bad. Uh, can it? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Uh, so, anyway, might as well uh, pop... This. Oh, I need to tell you some stats on this beer before we pop these open. Um, it was eight and a half. Eight and a half dollars, eight forty nine. So right middle of the road. Yeah. But there's gold in the middle of the road. Uh, <laughs> the alcohol by volume is five point three percent. So right, you know, that's pretty about typical. Around five is probably. Yeah. Um, IBUs are unknown. Ooh. So we're gonna have to. Uh, thankfully, Glenn and I have trained as professional beer sommeliers, um, and we will be able to ascertain the approximate IBU count. I'm warming up my palate right beer. now. And the hops are Mount Hood and Amarillo. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that part of it myself. 
Yes. Uh, so anyway, Glenn, let's pop some of these open and uh, check out the uh, Guinness Irish Wheat. The first ever beer made from real Irish wheat. Banana notes. I'm looking forward to this. Cheers. Cheers. It really is banana-y. Kind of is. It might be the weirdest beer I've ever had. <laughs> That's pretty weird. I don't dislike it, really. No. It's kind of lemony or something. I don't... I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's... it's not quite like a holiday beer with this with the clove stuff i mean it's a little spice to it but yeah and it's not i guess it's most like a wheat beer i guess yeah i don't know it's not terrible it's not great um maybe the guinness packaging is making me see it in shinier light or something like that Um, remove yourself from yeah i've got well i mean thankfully the mts computer is completely impartial so right um, so Glenn, if you had to put a rating on this Guinness Irish wheat beer, what would you, uh, what would you throw on there? Uh, okay. So the IBUs are probably like 10. Oh, sorry. Uh, Maybe. yeah. Very little IBUs, 10, 15, something like that. And the price is nice. Price is nice. So I'll give them, uh, it, it'll go up, it'll go up in my book for that. Um, yep. but I, it's refreshing. It is refreshing. It's a little off-putting to me. Off-putting. Yep, a little off-putting. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. It, it's like very subtle, but there's so many weird if, subtle things happening. If I went to a party and somebody had <laughs> six different kinds of beer, and it was summer out. Right. And it was, the sun was coming down, it was cooling off, but it was summer, and we were by the pool or something. Uh, you know, a real glamorous LA style party or yeah. something. The ones we go to. Yeah, uh, I, I w- if they had one of these in the bowl, I would have one. Yeah, probably not two. Right. Definitely not three. No. Maybe four. <laughs> if you made it past three. <laughs> if I made it past three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So, so what are you thinking on your? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go seven point seven. Seven point seven. I was going to go eight one. Eight one. I think because. I actually kind of like it for what it is, and it wasn't too expensive, yeah. and it's Guinness, and... Yeah. Yep. You know, anyway. But Glenn, it doesn't matter what we think. No. Fortunately, we have the world's only and patent-pending uh, machine learning algorithm uh, beer computer, which will... I will input these facts, and the MTS computer will give us an empirical scientific rating for the Guinness Irish Wheat. Okay, Glenn, so we said that the... Uh, alcohol by volume was 5.3%. Said that the price was 8.49. The IBUs are between 10 and 15. Yeah. Um, something like that. Uh, based on our sommelier instincts, and uh, the aroma is closed with a hint of banana and citrus, possibly banana bread, fresh baked, fresh baked, uh, maybe day old, biscuity, uh, biscuity, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, okay, well, that's that's pretty much all we need. So we just need to give the MTS computer a few seconds here, and then I will uh, get this rating, and we'll know for sure what the actual rating on this beer is. <laughs> that's not the last line. This is a clean, crisp, refreshing-tasting beer with notes of zesty citrus, subtle clove, and banana. It's like they just throw in the... And banana. <laughs> and banana, because that makes sense. It's not a bad beer. It's not bad. I don't. Yeah, I it's, it's not their best beer. Not their best beer. That would that would probably be the uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the nitro IPA, but <laughs> the American style lager that they make. The American style lager, which I also saw today. I think I had that, and it wasn't bad. But we'll yeah, have to put through the paces. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, that, we're getting off topic yeah, here. Uh, I got the report here for the. Um, MTS computer, and I just gotta thumb through this and find the the page here that has the report on it. Irish history, Irish independence, yeah, by the Republic of Irish. Uh, okay, uh, all right, Glenn. Well, U two says yeah, U uh, two's in here. Yeah, okay. Bono. Okay. Um, 
I got it here. It, actually, the MTS computer comes in and says as 7.9. Oh, wow. On the MTS. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the official MTS score for the Guinness Irish Wheat. There you have it. 7.9 from the MTS computer. Empirical, infallible, amazing, stupendous, mustache twist scale computer. We looked over at our friends, like we like to do sometimes, at beersnob.com. <laughs> I use the term friends very loosely. Uh, frenemies. We're frenemies with beersnob.com, uh, but we plug them an awful lot. We do. Um, Man, those guys are living off of our, our cred. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the beer snobs put it at an 86. Ooh. I'd say it's okay. a little high, guys. Okay, beer snobs. I don't know what the beer snobs have been drinking, <laughs> but uh, not Guinness they, Irish Wheat. They must have got the nitro version. because Nitro IPA Guinness <laughs> Irish Wheat, maybe. I'm not sure. Guinness has an IPA, right? They, I, there's, they have like an American... Nitro IPA or something is what I saw. And I, yeah, exactly. That means it's time for some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. All right, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> that didn't lead up. Uh, our good friend Tony O posted Tony o. a fantastic yeah. tack titled Thieves Using Blowtorch to Steal from Everett ATM Accidentally Set Cash on Fire. Now, as you might imagine, this article will leave you in stitches because it tells of a it tells of a tale of some uh, rogue rogue gents trying to trying to take a pass at an ATM, trying and, to make a withdrawal. That's right. They're trying to make a big withdrawal, and uh, th- I think they're over the limit uh, in Everett, Washington. Everett, Washington, and what happened was. Early morning, the Coastal Community Bank, they put in a call to the police to say that they had been robbed. And the problem was is that when they arrived, they found the drive-up ATM had been set on fire. So, this is smart what these guys did. They So, if you can believe this, the ATM is housed in a wooden structure. Right. And they thought, you know what, to get this ATM, we're going to take a blowtorch and we're going to torch a hole underneath the ATM to get the cash. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a quick way to get in there. Nobody will smell the smoke. Nobody will see a fire. You know, it's a good idea. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they accidentally set all the money on fire. So not only money they, is paper, right? So I'm imagining a scene like in uh, uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I just blew that, Brian. But uh, I'm imagining the scene where you know the banana stand goes up in flames. Oh, right. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the ATN stand. Right. And unless you set it on fire. Well, instead of instead of them trying to roll the banana stand into the ocean, <laughs> right? Uh, they they used an alternative method to attempt to extinguish the blaze. Equally genius. Um, apparently, one of the two individuals uh, urinated on the fire, attempting to put it out. Right. Uh, that was one of the the facts that the police let loose right. about the they left the DNA at the crime scene. <laughs> Uh, they've already they've already found one of the two guys, and I'm sure if that's the case, they're hot on the trail of the other suspect. They are, Brian. And if uh, you live in the Puget Sound area, Crime Stoppers is offering a one thousand reward, nice one thousand dollar reward, and uh, oh, excuse me, a five thousand dollar reward for information leading to the arrest. So if you want to call the Crime Stoppers of Puget Sound at one eight hundred two 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 tips. Okay, that's good to know. So. All right, well, hopefully they get the other guy. Um, you can't be having people like this out on the street. No, you can't. Blow torching ATMs all over the place. Torching ATMs, peeing on them. It's just not the kind of clientele you want at your bank. <laughs> or any bank. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. So, okay, well, thanks for posting that, Tonio. Um, I'm glad that that took place up in Everett, Washington, and not in Lawrence, Kansas. That's right. Second up, we got our good friend uh, Nicholas posted this to... Gentleman.com. It's called Dutch Police Eagle on standby. And uh, this is exactly what it says it is. It is, uh, there was a summit at NATO. And what's different about uh, NATO summits these days? Uh, the appearance <laughs> of millions and millions of drones in the hands of people, mm-hmm. which presents an interesting problem because drones, you know, they're difficult to control if they're up in the air. What do you do? And you whose know? are they? And yep, why are they exactly. there? So uh, Dutch police have been training eagles to take care of this little problem for us. And uh, they had several on standby just in case. 
something was happened. There were 29 governmental leaders, heads of state, including U.S. Pre- President Donald Trump, were there. So they had to have security for every contingency. Every contingency. And one of them was the fact that if there were drones around, mm-hmm. Eagle's going to go get them. That's right. Now, Nicholas posted this, and the night before, I'd actually watched this movie called The Eagle Huntress, which is about a... Uh, it's about a young person that is trained by her father to be the first female eagle hunter in her, in her I want to say the area that she lives in like no one like it's always been young men that are taught to do this sure uh, just like I was just like you were exactly yeah but this but yeah. she's really into eagle hunting mm-hmm. and she wants to follow in her dad's footsteps he's like a champion eagle hunter and so it's, it follows her she kind of learns the trade of, of eagle hunting it was pretty interesting Basically, they just take the eagle, train them, and then have the eagle go hunt down prey at their command. And bring it back? And they go retrieve it. Oh. But the eagle goes and 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 takes care of the, the prey. Interesting. Foxes and, you know, all kinds Whoa. of stuff. Yeah. Larger uh, animals. <laughs> eagles are kind of, they're kind of huge and, you know, they can do some damage, man. They got the talons, yeah, and they 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 mean business when they're swooping in on you. So uh, this this is a good this is a good job for eagles. I hope I hope eagles are well trained to do this. I think they can take them out pretty easily without getting injured themselves. Because they the, the one I saw the eagle handled a fox pretty pretty easily. So you just see like the eagle like swooping away with a fox in his talons, no, or they just kind of claw at it. He swoops in and like. Injures severely, injures, tangles with the fox. The fox tries to bite it, stuff, and it gets into a wrestling match, kind of. But this was like a very that they were training the eagle, so this is like an early bout. So I'd like to see a real, like heavyweight champ eagle, go after a fox because I get the impression that once once the eagles had some training, it'll make quick work of a lot of things. Wow. So, uh, pretty interesting. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. So, yeah, check out The Eagle Huntress. It was a very interesting movie. We're seeing. Another similar movie you should check out, Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. That's about the same, I I feel like. Same plot, maybe. Set in the 80s. (laughs) Does that have a... Who? What? Is there an... What actors Uh, in it? Is it Sharon Stone? No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, The the one that's... Yeah. The one that's in Batman Returns? Yes! (laughs) Dow. It's like one of my wife's favorite movies for whatever reason. I have never seen Lady Hawk. You well, you're not missing. Okay, um, okay. No. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. That's right. And Matthew Broderick. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, and I've never seen that. I have to. It's uh, it's quintessential '80s film. It's it's weird and not at all anything like you described. Okay, but there is flying. You know. In it, things flying. Things fly. okay. that, things flying. Well, yeah, so it's pretty much the same. Thing. Uh, I, I will say this, Brian, uh, on Nicholas's tack. Those, uh, it, it's hard to take this eagle seriously with the um, helmet, hat. It's so wearing. they have these. The the movie, The Eagle Huntress, had these as well, and I believe it's just to keep them uh, not distracted, uh. or keep them docile before they're about to let it go. You know? I should probably wear one of those. Yeah, I, I had one on before the podcast. <laughs> it's like, Brian, is that a VR? Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I, I'd have to talk to a, a, a trainer to find yep. out exactly what that is. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, cool link. Thanks for posting that, Nicholas. Uh, up next, Glenn, what do we got? We have... Uh... We have a post by a none other than the most a good man, notorious gentleman, notorious B R I A N. Yes, uh, Brian. Brian posted this this article from Popular Mechanics titled "Take a Look Inside Elvis Presley's Untouched Private Jet." Right, and I do believe I will. And okay, how do I begin? First of all, I guess. Legend has it that every inch of this airplane, this jet, excuse me, this jet, was designed by the king. He had input into every aspect of this jet, and if you if you look at the pictures, it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, uh, a lot of velvet, a lot of velvet, a lot of red. Oh no, I guess a suede. Is that suede? I don't know. It's crushed. 
you know, soft, buttery fabric that you just want to sink into. 1970s, yeah, I don't know. And and there's like tons of wood paneling, gold everywhere. Um, His favorite color was red. Apparently, that's what they that's what they're surmising by based on how much uh, red <laughs> stuff there is. Uh, this this plane has been ever since he passed away has been stranded in Roswell, New Mexico, and apparently they just never claimed it, um, and or something because it's up for right. auction is why it's there's pictures of it and uh, the auction recently ended unfortunately or maybe fortunately for whoever <laughs> got it I, it could be a gentleman podcast listener I'm not probably. sure probably. Um, four hundred twenty-three thousand is what it sold for. That's it. They were they were thinking that probably um, the uh, Elvis Presley Museum uh, probably purchased it. And that would only make sense. That would. Uh, they already have two of his planes there, um, and they've got his his big one, and then he's got another one that's like this called the Lisa Marie. It's kind of a smaller one, uh, but this one apparently he was sharing with his father, I guess, and. Uh, so he's got he's got the different planes for different yeah you know, one for one for pops right one for the daughter and then he had his big big one you know the big uh, Elvis seven thirty seven the or banana whatever. boat yeah <laughs> um, so anyway yeah three three planes in all that's, that's that's quite a fleet he's got there and hopefully it'll return back home I don't know I, I have a hard time imagining somebody else would pay I don't know I guess there's some collectors out there this one's in a little bit of disrepair. It looks like it needs some work. There's a lot of rust. Uh, the engines weren't working, obviously. And <laughs> it, it just had a lot of body work. There's just a lot of stuff they need to fix. But let me tell you something they don't have to fix. The interior of the plane. No. It's perfect. Pristine. Uh, do not Please. mess with that. No. It's awesome. It's a relic. Uh, so maybe we'll see this at Graceland someday. I'm not sure. Aren't there rumors that Elvis had something to do with aliens at some point? I'm I'm sure. I'm just I'm just look. I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't want to, you know, draw two totally unrelated things together. The strand here, but I'm thinking. I see the words Roswell, New Mexico. Oh right. Elvis's plane. Right. Stranded. Is it stranded? Did they take the king? Maybe. I don't know. Is he playing the show in the sky? <laughs> take me to your leader, <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> No, we got him. <laughs> Who's the other one? <laughs> uh, anyway, go ahead. All right, well, so somebody, some lucky soul got uh, planed for $423,000. Not, not a bad price for a man. priceless piece of uh, rock and roll history. Yeah, how much is too much? How much is not enough? You can't, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. No, you can't, Glenn. Okay, well, that means it's time for the toast this week, Glenn. And um, first of all, before I do the toast... I think it's I think it's important to mention uh, gentleman user Amoshis Amoshis because uh, we, we talk, a couple of episodes ago we talked about the uh, taco pizza from Tony Bologna's Tony Bologna's in New Jersey no New Jersey it's New Jersey right I don't know I believe it's New Jersey yeah it wasn't New, New York you said New, New York and it was, I think I believe it's New Jersey yeah anyway point is. Uh, he made the effort to go and try the taco pizza. Um, still no word, I don't think, on the aftermath. Of, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, I was curious how it, how it was. Was it good? Was it bad? Um, was it was it in between? You know, he did. He did. He didn't say. He didn't say uh, much about the experience. Yeah, the look in his face kind of said it all. Yeah, it's true. Uh, picture. He, 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 I posted a tech, uh, Yeah. Of he, he sent us a tweet. Okay. Um, so this is an example good. of good things that happen when you post. You mentioned gentleman in your Twitter stream, right? Um, yeah, Carmen. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. He 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 looked like he was enjoying himself. Yeah. Um, maybe aside from some mild indigestion. Um, also, he was in New Jersey, so yeah. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, Glenn, I just wanted to bring attention to the fact that uh, he, he took one for the team and tried out this uh, taco pizza. Uh, we still don't know. If it was good, bad, or indifferent, but I'm gonna—I'm just gonna in my mind, I'm just gonna believe that it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, it didn't look like he bought the whole pizza either. No, they had the slices. Just the slice. They have the slice. Well, uh, the whole pizza is like two hundred dollars or something. Eighty-eight. Was it? I thought okay, it was, like was eighty-eight. Yeah, it's like ten bucks a slice or or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. It was expensive. Well, yes. Um, anyway, so uh, so well done, almost cheese. Well done, sir. Uh, and so a toast goes out to him, of course. Yes. And uh, also, look, 
I wanted to bring this up, Glenn. I over Memorial Day, I watched uh, Memorial Day night. I watched a film uh, that we had talked about a while back, Top Gun, and uh, I I haven't seen it since I was probably ten years old. Really? I don't think I've watched it's it been since that long? then. I, I mean, I've seen parts of it, you know, on television or something. I'd see the beach volleyball scene, oh yeah, something like that, but. I have not watched the whole thing since I was 10 years old. I'm, you know, some, some age like that. And I sat here and I watched that movie. And I was laughing. I was crying. I was air high-fiving. That's right. Uh, it, was, it was quite an experience, I have to say. And uh, the main part about it that really st- that stuck with me uh, wasn't all the amazing scenes and the photography and all that stuff. It was the soundtrack to the movie grabs you and the first scene the first scene is they're on the aircraft carrier there's all these guys waving planes yeah. by steam everywhere it's hot <laughs> guys doing you know waving flags right. and wa- you know planes landing planes taking off and they start with that iconic you know uh, the Top Gun theme song and uh, anyway I, the, the great music in that movie I mean you got Kenny Loggins and I have to say I looked up I felt bad because the last time we talked about this uh, we said Kenny Loggins did all these soundtracks with him you were like Caddyshack and Top Gun and we weren't sure what else well for a long time actually Kenny Loggins was known as the king of the movie soundtrack because he had several hits in a row he did Caddyshack he also did Footloose oh right Over the Top Top Gun and Caddyshack 2 all within a five year period or something like that wow Uh, so you know if you needed some hip 80s Soundtrack music. You went to Kenny Loggins. If 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 John Williams wasn't available, that's right. You went to Kenny Loggins. You went straight to Kenny. So not only did Kenny Loggins, though. So uh, in case you haven't figured out, I'm doing a toast to the everybody involved with the Top Gun soundtrack <laughs> because it was it was amazing. I was I was like, watching the movie and I and the kept like a song would come on and I was like this this is an amazing soundtrack. Oh man! And so I looked up who actually did the, all the cinematic sequences and stuff like that, and his name was Harold Faltermeyer. But Mr. Faltermeyer, also previously, before Top Gun, uh, did a little soundtrack for Flashdance. Wow. And Beverly Hills Cop. Axel F. Yes. That's him. That was his song? Yeah. Oh, man. So he's a pretty heavy hitter, too. So they got the dream team is what they did. Yeah, basically. Also, you know, that little song, Take My Breath Away? Yes. Oh. By Berlin? Yes. (laughs) The steamy love sequence. Uh, I'm a man, ain't I, Brian? <laughs> I remember. Uh, so, anyway, you know what took my breath away was a soundtrack to Top Gun. And in addition to all the other stuff, um, I watched Top Gun. I was blown away by the movie. I I seriously was watching. I was like, this is a really good movie. I was really enjoying it, you know. Uh, and then after I finished the movie, I there was a you know behind the scenes making of kind of documentary thing. So I pop that on. I start. I start watching it. I get about twenty minutes in, and they're talking about all this stuff, all this behind the scenes things. I'm like, this is pretty interesting. I wonder how long it is, you know. And so I check the time signature on it, and it's two hours and twenty minutes long, or something like that. I, I was like, oh, okay. I can't do this. But uh, but anyway, so I, I did enjoy the uh, the twenty minutes that I watched about the behind the scenes stuff. They talked about the soundtrack a little bit. They also talked about apparently Val Kilmer was. Just he grabbed all the guys that were the pilots, and they would just drink and hang out and <laughs> play know. volleyball. Yeah, basically, <laughs> <laughs> they got hang out in the locker room. Yeah, they they had like their own hotel that they would go. Tom Cruise didn't do this at all. Apparently, he was so focused on the movie he wasn't involved. But method actor. Apparently, all those guys <laughs> were just you know Wait. having a vacation while this was going on. That would make Val Kilmer the method actor. Yes, because he's right. totally in the character. Right. Right. Man, every time... So I watched it maybe a couple years ago, and when that opening sequence came on, I could not stop laughing. I was crying. <laughs> because of how... I can't describe how awesome it is and yeah. how 80s it is. It just, it's very... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, a funny story about um, Take My Breath Away. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was in kindergarten, and I was... I got... I, they took me home from school. I was sick. My dad was like, "Oh, let's go over and rent a rent a video for you to watch while I go back to work or something." Or, cool. Or no, my mom. I think my mom stayed with me. Yeah, it was in kindergarten. But right. So we got the video right, and it was like this montage of 1989's like highlights of basketball, like you know, 
basketball highlights, basically. But okay. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And they had a whole segment on Michael Jordan. And they had, like, had all these montages of him dunking to the tune of Take My Breath Away. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And oh, I look back no. on it now, and I, and I oh. got to question what they were thinking. Take my breath away. <laughs> these tomahawk dunking. Anyway. Wow. It was, a, it was an interesting choice. That's uh, actually, that is a bold it's choice. It's like they threw yeah. a dart, and they're just like, we're just going to put on there. Mike gets whatever we throw the dart on. Huh. That Yeah, I would think more of a, I don't know what you would expect there, but certainly not Berlin. Anything but that. Yeah. What, um, a, what, a, what a great soundtrack, though. Yeah. And forget, correct me if I'm wrong, they play um, Danger Zone three times, right? At least. I don't know. I don't know how many yeah. times. It's in the movie a lot. Because even in the opening credits, they play Danger Zone. Yes. Because it morphs from that, yes. you know, yeah, the, the top building. Gun, so, and then it goes, dun 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 You know, when, yeah. That's uh, in there. And uh, My wife hates me when we watch these movies because I just laugh the entire way through. Can't. I, I wasn't. I just. I think I just had oh. a big laugh, or not laugh, but a, a big grin on my face because I was enjoying it so much. It's and now they're gonna make a sequel. Now they're gonna make a sequel. Yeah, which is probably gonna be better I, than the original. I I don't know how they could possibly do that. One can one can dream, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, but I, I the behind the scenes documentary actually I, there was a lot of interesting tidbits. Mm. I would highly recommend checking twenty minutes of it out sometime. But it's on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, that means uh, it's time for the hot <laughs> buddy topic. And this week, Glenn, there was some news out of Manhattan, Ooh. Kansas. The Little Apple. The Little Apple. Uh, K State football had a player that wanted to transfer out of the program. Um, K-State head coach Bill Seiner said, no way. We're not granting the release. You can you can leave if you want, but we're not going to grant your release, That's, which means basically he had to go someplace and pay his own way for a year until he could go on scholarship. Right. Uh, this did not sit very well with the kid. He said some very disparaging things, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Very divisive. Uh, on Twitter. And there's a big national news story about it. A couple days later, K-State ended up granting the release. Um, you know, uh, The interesting thing about this was just that there's a weird thing in college athletics where there's so many transfers these days. And apparently Bill Snyder's always had a policy of not releasing right. players uh, simply because they, they want to go someplace else. Right. Now, I know of other players that have transferred, so there must have been something going on with this particular situation that uh, didn't fit the bill. But um, anyway, Snyder caught some criticism for it. He did catch some heat. So uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. His point was uh, that when they... So a lot of programs in the country, and you see this a lot more, probably in basketball maybe even, is they'll offer a scholarship to somebody, and maybe the player will be there for a year, and they need... There's a better recruit that they want to go get. And so even if the player's been there for a year, they push them out of the program and make room for somebody else to come in that could be a better player. Um, and Snyder said that his policy is when, when we give somebody a scholarship, we give them a scholarship for their entire time. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We don't push anybody out of the program. Uh, and so we make a commitment to them. We expect they make a commitment to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And that's the end of the story. And uh, so anyway, kind of an interesting situation. Yeah, It is, Brian. I uh... Man, how do I feel about this? You know, I actually, I actually, it's tough because like you said, I mean, this is a ramp and it's just keeps getting worse, you know, with people wanting to transfer. It's yeah. like an all a cart thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And somebody, somebody made a great point about the fact that is there any other coach in college football that consistently takes, you know, walk-ons or, you know, guys that really don't have much acclaim to them when they come out of high school and they'll be like, you know, all pro football players. Right. And Bill right. Snyder does that. And right. probably this is a big reason of that because he makes that commitment right. to the players for four years. Right. Or however many years. You right. know, through the duration of their So Right. I don't know. I mean it works what he does. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I I it's tough. 
tough. I thought it was really interesting. There, uh, Jordan Willis, who went to the NFL this yeah. year from K State, the linebacker. He was a defensive end. D end. Okay. Um, he came, he came out in the press and wrote a letter um, supporting Snyder, mm. and it's pretty interesting because he didn't he didn't call out this player by name, but he said stuff like, "If you don't want to work and you want to be lazy, yeah, uh, you're not going to do too well at K State. You're probably not going to achieve what you want to. But right. if you want to work, if you want to work hard and become a better player, then you're going to do great." Right. You know, and it's a great program, and you know I'm evidence of that and all that stuff. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool because he gave another side to it. Um, all the media was kind of, why aren't you letting this play? You know, it's like, well, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, there and, and also there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Right. Apparently, at one point Snyder alluded to a player on the team who had failed drug tests, and it was very unclear if he was talking about that particular player. Or another player, and that was never clarified mm-hmm. because I, at the time he was talking in gener, gen, general terms about people that leave the program for different reasons, and he mentioned that as an anecdote, and then it was picked up as he was saying that this player had, you know, failed drug tests or whatever, and uh, so it was very unclear. So it was a whole big mess, basically. Right. And then at the end of the day, K State was just like, ah, let's just let's just part ways with this. Let's, uh, yeah. So, so nobody's gonna win. So anyway, Glenn, it's a very controversial thing in college athletics right now. I think that every school's got to be different. You know, every uh, the athletic director at K State came out and said every athletic program, every coach is going to be different in it. Yeah. And it's hard to have a school wide policy when you have people that are running programs differently. So uh, even within schools, people have different policies on it. You know, Snyder's point was, I've been here for twenty five years. This guy's been here for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean. Who are you going to... Right. I mean, I think people know who what, what I'm all about, and we do. He's been there for 25 years. If he treated kids that unfairly, uh, we would have found out about it 25 years ago or in the last 25 years at some point, you know? Yeah. So he's been running the program a long time. He, he doesn't change. He's been doing this forever. So it's not like this is a new thing for him. No. Uh, so and it's like, like it was a surprise to no. that kid, you know, like... Yeah. And the, I, the guy that said all the bad stuff on Twitter, the, the, the player actually came out later and he said he was trying to get kicked off the team at that point. <laughs> he was saying he wasn't mad about Snyder or any of the stuff. He just said that he was intentionally trying he was like trying to get kicked off, which is what some of his former, I guess his buddies on the team encouraged him to do in the first place was to attempt to get kicked off the team. Huh, because that way you don't have to get a release. You just get kicked off the team. Here's my question. Would he be willing to play just a few miles to the east uh, in, in Lawrence, I, Kansas? Maybe that was on the list of teams that he's going to transfer to. I, I mean, don't know. I, you know, <clears throat> well, look, sounds like a perfect player. Give me your for, tired. <laughs> give me your weary. Yeah. Give me your, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where he ends up. Apparently he had 37 schools on his, on his list. So, um, one to really, <laughs> quite a shopping keep, list. Keep it open out there, uh, for all his pop- possible, uh, Places he could land, so we'll see. Wow, uh, but yeah, I it was a big. I don't know. It's one of those things that it's a slow, it's summer. You know, people yeah. got to make a big deal out of something. And uh, well, it's Snyder, who's like the godfather of college right. football, basically. Right. <clears throat> I was I was telling one of my friends, I was like, "You think you know, make this huge deal about Snyder, you know, and how he gets along with his players and all this stuff." And it's like, you think Bear Bryant? Think all his players love that guy? Mm-mm. Hell no. Hell no. They didn't love him. You know, he's tough. He's a mean guy, you know, but he doesn't... Everything that Snyder does is for a purpose. Like, there's no... You know, if he was not one to release this guy, he had a definite purpose in his mind about it. It wasn't just a kind of... I'm going to stick it to this kid, you know? Right. That's not... You know, I think the the overarching thing was he was more concerned about setting a precedent that people expected... Right. You know? To get released. Yeah. So... Anyway, well, hey, it's only 90 days till football season. This is all going to be behind us. It's going to be a beautiful fall. It is. And uh, K-State's going to win the Big 12 championship. So, anyway. Mm. Um, I've heard it said the Big 12 runs through Lawrence, Brian. <laughs> oh, that's not in football, is it? <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the final segment, which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag. And this week... I heard from you that you were going on a 
a uh, trip, Mecca. A, a Mecca journey to see you two. Yes, which is one of your, if not your, favorite band of all. It's time. one of okay, uh, and you are going where to see this? Louisville. You're going to Louisville. Close, closest place. Well, more or less closest place, and I have a friend who lives there. So. Closest place to what? Sorry, closest to Lawrence. So they don't really come anywhere close. They go to Chicago, right? And then yeah, they're, they're going to Kansas City. So what? They're going to no, Kansas. they're not. Yes, yeah, they're there. Okay, well they added that date later. Okay. Arrowhead Stadium. Are you kidding? No, I'm serious. Want to go to U2? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, man, you are going to go see U2 in Louisville, Louisville. Um, huh. And uh, so that's so. Is that your? That's your most probably iconic. Uh, concert experience that you'd go see? I think if I had to pick, I think that'd be... Yeah. This would be the so. second time that you've seen yes. it, right? This would be the second time. Um, Are there any others on your mind that you would make a trip, that you'd make a special trip to go to go check out? Kenny Loggins. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Loggins live with... Uh... <laughs> and I think he's playing at the... Uh, the Arrowhead Stadium. No, I was going to. Uh, I was going to say. I think he's playing at the uh, Replay Lounge uh, next week. So, <laughs> I'm Michael McDonald's opening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to think of other acts that. Well, no. Let, let, I'll let you go because I'd hate to choose one. I don't have one that I would really. I have uh, the only one that I've talked about recently uh, that me and my buddy talked about was Guns N' Roses. Oh, GNR, yeah, because they just got back together <laughs> the original lineup, pretty much mm-hmm. for the first time in decades. So uh, that's you know that's something I thought about. Um, but I was thinking about what really jumped into my mind was not so much seeing an iconic iconic band now that I'm you know. Just for example, I'm about to talk about Van Halen here. Uh, I would like to see Van Halen. I would like to see Van Halen with David Lee Roth. But I don't think seeing them now with David Lee Roth is really like it was back in the day. And I say that because I Razorback posted a couple videos. And it took me down this rabbit hole of watching Van Halen's concert footage from 1981. (laughs) Yeah. And... uh, I was watching it and I was like, "Wow, this this would have been if you were there at this show, it would have been insanely cool." Uh, that that would have been that's probably if I was looking back at all the concerts ever, Van Halen in 1981. If I could go back and see that show, I would that would be like my go to. Um, seeing them now, not so much. I was talking to one of my buddies and he was saying that. I think his brother had gone to see Van Halen a couple times recently while they'd been out again. And I said, you know, it's cool, but it's kind of weird. David right. Roth's 70 years old, and he's right. out there twisting around and stuff, and it just doesn't seem quite the same, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, so the, anyway. that's the same thing with it. You know, you two, like, when I saw them last time about six or seven years ago, I mean, even then it was like, oh, this is not the same. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think somebody posted at one point uh, the or talking about best Super Bowl performances oh. of all time, and U two is one of them. It was like right after nine eleven, they had a yeah a big anyway. It was they that's back when they played everything live. They didn't you know lip right. sync, and it was really good. Yeah, um, looking at that compared to oh, today, all it's, the stuff it's, they it's do step now. backwards. You know, yeah. but yeah, uh, but I still I still enjoy the band, and they, they still yeah. play the classics when they tour. So. They just come out every few years and tour, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I was gonna see him a few years ago, but uh, Bono was riding a bike or something and broke his broke something like a hip or a oh. leg or a hand or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, hmm. well, so that'll put a yeah. put an end to it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Glenn. Yeah. So if you if we invent a time machine and I could get back to 1981, that would be uh, preferable. Yeah, 1981 would be good because I yeah I think I'd like to see Led Zeppelin. That'd be a good show. Yeah, that'd probably be pretty good. And their height. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I've heard that there are some insane ACDC shows hmm. where they literally just 
had troughs of water out on stage and they wouldn't stop playing. They just dunked their heads in water and like that's incredibly dangerous. It was actually. really <laughs> short sighted. Um, yeah. But I think that was early eighties. Yeah. But ACDC would be good. I would uh, also. I would say Kiss. Maybe I would like to. See oh Kiss. yeah, back in the mid seventies would be pretty sweet. Before they went disco, right? You know, Beatles Shea Stadium. I don't think I'd want to see the Beatles. Nah, it's, it was all terrible sounding and yeah, all that stuff. It's like me taking my amp out to a stadium yeah. and turning it up as loud as it possibly could go yeah. and just playing it's a hard day's night. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, any of those would work. So we just got to invent that time machine, and then we'll be uh, good to go. What about this, Brian? Inmate in Folsom Prison, Johnny Cash. <laughs> we do some so hard time have to, for... <laughs> I would have to go back to the early 60s and break a crazy law yeah. to get thrown into Folsom Prison. <laughs> right. So I could watch Johnny Cash. We could shoot a man in Reno. <laughs> just, true. Just to watch him die. Yeah, that would probably work. Uh, I don't know if I could pull that off. That's a, that's a big concert ticket price right there you know, know i get i get uh a little gun shy about playing or paying uh fifty dollars for a ticket right much less doing hard time right for uh to see a show no no 50 years yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah no I, I think i'll catch the record on that one yeah yeah it's probably good yeah mm, um good decision okay glenn well speaking of catching the record um <laughs> That's the end of episode number 115, the Gentleman Podcast. <laughs> Next up, we got episode 116. And I gotta watch Top Gun again. I would recommend At it. At least once. I went, to, I, I went to go rent it at the local video store, Liberty Hall. And I got it, and I went up to check it out. And the clerk that was working uh, behind the... <laughs> Behind the counter, freaked out. He was like, "Oh yes!" He's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah. he's like we got two copies of this. Thank God." He's like, "I'd probably steal this from you." So he was, he was, he was about to turn, to put that on as well. So you know, what would be great is if Liberty Hall did a showing of Top Gun. Yeah, I would go to that oh, on the big screen. Yes, yes, yeah, that would be cool. From time to time, Liberty Hall will just have a random showing of some old movie, and uh, they pick some interesting ones. I should, I should. Uh, elbow that guy about maybe getting Top Gun in there. Hey, Fourth of July is coming up. Oh man, that could be that could be pretty pretty awesome. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. Okay, everybody out there, go listen to Top Gun or go watch Top Gun. Then listen to the soundtrack of Top Gun because <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that's the end of episode one fifteen. I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Have a good night. We'll see you for episode one sixteen in two weeks. Stay gold, pony boy.